One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around the clock tonight. Put your flat bags on. Join me, hot. Hello everyone, welcome to Rockin' All Week with You, the Happy Days Podcast, Season 2, Episode 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, or Episode 15, overall. I'm Dan, I'm your host. Hey, I hope you all enjoyed that last episode with Joanna on. I thought that was a lot of fun. I, I do love, as I said, the, the Guess Who's Coming to Christmas episode is one of my favorites. I, I think from, from the feedback I got, you all quite enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be doing more of those. But not with this episode. Let's dive in. Today's episode is a bit of an odd one, if you know these two episodes. The first one is Open House, aired January 7th, 1975. And the second one is Fonzie's Getting Married, aired January 14th, 1975. And I'm going to play you a little something, and then we are going to talk about... Open house mainly, but we'll probably bring in some Fonzie uh, is getting married uh, kind of thing uh, in there too. So uh, listen to this. Hey, Richie, my mother gave me a message the game is canceled. That's not true, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's canceled. Why? I've been sleeping since 5 o'clock. I'm wide awake, ready to play. Something came up. You mean I wasted a nap? Oh, it couldn't be helped. Oh, great. Now I got a nap in my system and nowhere to go. Go for a walk. No, no, my pockets are full of nickels. I went to the bank this afternoon and got all this change. See? I'm so weighted down, I can hardly move. What's going on here? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Hey, I smell perfume. You got girls in here? No! No, 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 that's not perfume. That's uh, bug spray. Bug spray. Sure, for sexy roaches. You dirty rats, that's why you canceled the game. Those are just some of Joni's friends. Joni's friends? Twelve-year-old girls. Twelve-year-old girls. Yeah, little girls? Oh, teeny tiny. Oh. Richie, do you have any strawberries? Chrissy makes some really fun daiquiris. No, no strawberries. Oh, that's too bad. Well. Hi. <laughs> oh, no, Ralph. All righty, Open House, directed by Jerry Paris, written by Bill James. Yes, I know, when the guys pull into Arnold's, you can clearly see uh, at least three palm trees in the background. Forget about it. Don't think about it. Just let it ride. They, um... That spot in the studio where they have the uh, Arnold's built, they got a Jerry Paris has to stop favoring the skyline so much because that is like that is right there. You know, that's I I I I'll have to look to see what studios this is on. But I used to I used to do a lot of extra work, and I would occasionally we would go in the studio lots and things like that. And there are lots of fun uh, places to be, but you you yeah don't look over the walls because there are the uh, right here you can see those are uh, looks like apartment buildings and. Um, and and yeah, uh, nineteen I don't know nineteen seventies telephone poles I don't know, uh, but uh, but palm trees nonetheless. But however, 
let's not have that ruin uh, the mood because we've got something confusing going on in this episode. In fact, this is a very confusing episode. So after the ep- Christmas episode, where the Fonz gets closer to the family than we've ever seen him, and we say goodbye to Chuck, and apparently we say goodbye to Gloria a few episodes ago, an episode where I couldn't see her, in this episode, we kind of step back, while in the next episode will be stepping forward. I'll explain the next episode when we get to the next episode. But in this one, we get... The, well, the, the plot is Mr. and Mrs. C are going away for, they say, about 24 hours. And uh, Joni is staying with a friend of hers uh, for the night. And a friend of hers who... They always play house and Joni ends up being the maid. And the mom's, uh, the girl's mom seems fine with Joni playing the maid. I, I don't know how I feel about that. Don't do that to Joni. But the plan is that the guys are going to have a late night poker game. They're going to play poker all night. And Ralph's going to be there with like 227 nickels. And they're going to play and it's going to be great. And they invite the Fonz and he kind of laughs at them. And, uh, but as uh, Richie and Patsy are sort of trying to... Um, wear themselves out so they can take a bit of a nap so they can get up at midnight and play poker all night long, a lovely gal shows up. And she has two lovely friends. And their car's broken. And the Fonz says it won't be fixed till morning. And so Richie and Potsy say, stay the night here. And one of the gals goes out on a motorcycle ride with the Fonz, but the other two hang out with Richie and Potsy for the evening. And what the heck is going to happen with Richie, Potsy, and these two, and then a third gal? Craziness? Possibly. That's something that happens in the episode, which I may or may not remember to bring up later on. Okay, the the episode uh, itself, I think, is a fun one. Uh, it's uh, it's got some good laughs in it. Uh, it's uh, it's actually got <laughs> that moment with the knocking, um, where the gals are in the next room. Actually, I'm a little vague on the um, the layout of everything. They seem to be across the hall from um the gals but but yet they seem to keep knocking on like a sidewall in Richie's room and um uh yeah there's there's a, a weird uh there's a great moment where Richie says well uh how do we get their attention well in summer camp we would knock on the walls and the gals would always knock back so Potsy and Richie are like let's do it what do we do now well, we usually just went back to bed. We were really young. We didn't know what to do, and I like that very much. That's a great, uh, that's a great Richie, uh, Richie delivered line. And yeah, the episode is fine. The gals are fun. One of them apparently is Colleen Camp, uh, who I, I, I adore, and obviously who Jerry Paris uh, cast in uh, Police Academy Two as Tackleberry's uh, um, uh, uh, partner, romance interest, romantic interest, and wife, who also she is in three, and is she in four? I know she's in three and four, just briefly, I think, right? In in both of those. But the weird thing is there, the first time I watched, I watched this twice for this this chat, the first time when I got to the closing credits, I saw Colleen Camp, what, where was she? And then I watched the episode again the second time, and I was like, what, where was, huh? And I did, did I miss, 
may I ask, did I miss a joke? Now, I've been missing some things, but did I miss something? There's a moment where Richie hides a Playboy under a couch cushion. Do we get a callback to that? I don't remember getting a callback. I'm worried that these DVDs I'm watching are missing some bits and bobs here. Although I'm looking at it here, and the episode is it's a little over 25 minutes, so that would have been right. Gosh. Do we get a call back to that? I bet we do. I bet. Please write in. I bet there's a scene where one of the gals reaches under the cushion and grabs it. Why don't I remember it, though? I would have taken a note on that. Eh. What are you going to do? So, you know, so either they found the Playboy under the couch cushion, or that's going to be later in the season. There'll be a big reveal. The sort of weird thing about the episode, and here here's the big thing. So, first off, this takes place after the Christmas episode. And it's clearly, I think everyone's still in school. Uh, so it's, I think, and it's clearly spring or autumn. I would say it looks like spring to me. Everyone, when they pull up at Arnold's, they're in their short sleeves. And, and you know, when the gal's car breaks down, which is in the evening, um, there's no there's no sign of, um, you know, them dressing up warmly. When the gal comes back from her ride with the Fonz at like 9 or 10 at night or whatever, you know, there's no sign that um, she's, she's, she's not dressed for winter. So, apparently, this is... I don't think that's Colleen Camp at all. I don't know. I don't... I'm looking right now. She looks more like Carol Lindley. Uh, like, a, like a more um, sturdy version of Carol Lindley. I don't, I don't mean that to be rude, but I always thought like Carol Lindley was always like a little frail, even if she was kicking ass. Um, uh, but anyways, um, I don't even know what I was talking about. Happy days. Aren't they the best? No. So, um... The episode has a lot of fun stuff in it, but the thing that makes it really weird... First off, obviously, it's a different time period. Now, now, folks have said to me, Dan, it's at this point, it's not meant to be like a, um, a continuous timeline. It will soon, when people are graduating and people are getting older, and we're, we're beginning to demarcate uh, uh, the years that we are in. But here, we could definitely... Um, we could definitely be jumping around. This this could be uh, this could be a few months after. The problem with it is that the Fonz is in his non leather jacket throughout the episode. We haven't seen. Have we seen him in that in this in this season? I didn't go back and look, but I'm going to say I don't think so. I don't think he's been in that jacket since the first season. Why is he in that jacket now? My first thought was that we mentioned in the Christmas episode that the network said, well, as long as his bike's there, he can wear the leather jacket because the, the executives were worried about him being a hoodlum. And so they put his motorcycle in his living room so he could be in his leather jacket for that scene in, in the Fonz's living room. And the executives watched that and thought, no, 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 no. We, no, next episode, he's back in that windbreaker, blazer, I don't know what the hell it is. The jacket, the non-leather jacket. I said it wrong all last season. You know what it is, that kind of gray-green thing that he wears, uh, which isn't cool at all. And he's in that throughout this episode. And, like, the way he sits on his motorcycle at the start of the episode, and the fact that there's a, uh, the car hop isn't Wendy, but another blonde? Where'd Wendy go? And the way, sort of bag is there, and he, Fonz and bag, the way they talk, and and the way the Fonz, the way the Fonz talks to Richie, especially after guess who's going to Chris, guess who's got leaving for guess who's uh, guess Christmas, guess 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 on Christmas, have some guests at Christmas, 
the Christmas episode. Sorry, I got lost there. The way he talks to Richie when Richie says, hey, you want to join us in the poker game, is the way the Fonz used to talk to Richie in season one. He doesn't talk to Richie like that now. They're too close. They're good friends. The Fonz spent Christmas Eve, as far as I can tell, on the Cunningham's couch. Um, you know, I'm actually watching the scene right now where the gal who I don't think is Colleen Camp is in a really short nightgown kind of thing. And, um, no, I don't, uh, I guess that's Colleen Camp. I don't think the other two are, are they? I, um, I'm confused. I'm confused to who Colleen Camp is. She's not the main gal. Is it Ruth, I think? Uh, or, or the first one they meet. And I don't think she's the gal who goes out on the bike with the fawn. I'm just confused. Um, uh, so, anyway, how are you? I uh, hope you're well. Um, yeah, so, so, so the Fonz is acting like first season Fonz and dressing like first season Fonz. Potsy is acting like first season Potsy. Most of this season, Potsy and Ralph have been scheming together. Richie has been with the Fonz. And this episode is pure first season Potsy kind of leading the pack with, okay, let's let's pretend, to, let's laugh real loud, and then they'll wonder what's going on, and we'll attract their attention. They just annoy them. You know, like, and, and some of Potsy's crazy running around and, and shenanigans and, and dancing about behavior and, and that kind of thing. Very first season Potsy. Ralph is very second season Ralph, Ralph, and like Joni, are the only ones who seem to be in the proper season. Now, obviously, Joni here, Joni, she's said to be twelve here. Richie and Potts are said to be seventeen, and the gals are said to be nineteen. Growing and growing as Joni is, you, this is not the Joni of a year ago, or or almost a year ago. This is obviously the Joni of right now. But why they're suddenly back to the Potsy and Richie dynamic from the first season and the. Richie Fonzie dynamic, and yet Ralph is, yeah, Ra- Ra- mm. Ralph is because in the first season Ralph was a little sort of distant and strange, but in this one Ralph gets some funny scenes, and they 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 say he has a red buttons face, red buttons face and broad shoulders, so the gals are gonna fall for him, but he's acting very much like um. There's a, there's a funny scene where he tries to they cancel the poker game and then he tries to break in and find out what's going on and learns there's gals there and they end up locking him out and um uh yeah so so it's it's a really weird episode because and I I looked it up online and I I couldn't find anything that verified this but it feels like a first season episode not just not just the Fonz in his non-leather jacket, not just the way Potsy acts, but the the way the story is told. It's a little there is slapstick in it, but it's a little less sitcom jokey than it has been lately. Not I I don't say that as a bad thing because the show is evolving. But in the first season, the shows the episodes were a bit um they they're the same length as they are here but they um they felt more like short films whereas in this season they've been feeling more like sitcom episodes and again not bad because it is a sitcom this episode has a bit more of a feel of the um 
of the first seasons. And I'd love to know if this was just the, if this was simply a leftover. Here's the thing though, if it was a here's the thing, it's obviously not a leftover because Ralph and Joni, because of Ralph and Joni. And Richie too, Richie is caught in between. I think in the first season Patsy would have come to him and said, we should do this all-night poker game. And Richie would have been like, I don't know. But in this one, he's like, we're doing the all-night poker game. And there's a... there's a So Richie's kind of caught between the seasons, and everyone else is kind of either in their first season or second season guys. But, but the thing that, that makes it crazy when I say it is, okay, that's fine. If this was a leftover script from the first season, or, or maybe start of the second season before things started to really change... Well, things went pretty quick at the start of the second season. I can I can understand that that and that I'm fine with that. But the um the thing that confuses yeah none of these gals are Colleen Camp. Come on, is that an error? I mean, there's the gal who came back from being with Fonz. That's not her. There's the blonde. That's not Colleen Camp, is it? Because this is end of seventy four, start of seventy five. This is around the time she was in um. She's the movie with Sandra Locke and Seymour Cassell. Um, oh gosh, and she's very distinctive looks. Oh, that's I'm sorry. Okay, you know you guys are probably listening, going, Dan, stop doing this. She's the blonde, or she's one of these others when she wasn't blonde, and she's a shut. It's almost her. Oh, I'm a big Colleen Camp fan. Uh, she was the original, um, uh, Sue Ellen's original sister. Um, um, before uh, Ms. Crosby took over on Dallas. Um, and, yeah. So, um, sorry. Uh, I can't, no, I have the episode playing. It, 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 keeps, uh, it keeps coming up here. So. so, yeah, this is a weird one because, because I can understand completely, hey, it's a leftover episode from season one. Uh, we're, we're running behind schedule. We're going to use this script. We, we hadn't planned on it, but we're going to use it. Okay, all that's fine. You know, and I'm sure no one, no one really gave a crap about why are our characters um, out of place or, or this, that, or the other. You know, why am I acting like this? Why are you acting like that? I'm sure no one gave a crap. But, and I'm sure, I, I wonder, like, if folks watch Guess Who's Coming to Christmas thinking, this is very X-Files. The, the, the sort of one step forward, two steps back kind of thing that the X-Files would do. Like with, um, I'm not, I'm not going to go into that. But, you know, I, I think if... Jeez, um, I'm trying to think of that, that great example where Scully is. Oh, I don't want to spoil it for people, but there's a. Is it Leonard Betts? I think in season four, it's a big revelation episode, big revelation mythology episode, and then the next episode was actually shot three or four episodes before, but aired later. Caddish, which means there's no reference to the big revelation. You're sitting there going, "Huh? Did that mean nothing?" And that's kind of like Guess Who's Coming to Christmas. Such a big episode, I think. And you watch this, and it's like, did that episode mean nothing? Where are we now? We, we, we've stepped back in, in, in time a bit in a show that's already back in time. But it's... So it ends up feeling weird, and it's going to feel weirder when we talk the next episode. But, yeah, it's... it's, it's, it's oh, so, 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 let me, let me just stop my uh, tangents here and just say, okay, yeah... We got an episode from the last season, and we're going to use it. Okay, you know, the next episode I'm going to talk about, Fonzie Getting Married or Fonzie Gets Married, was, the I believe, the last episode they shot of the season. But they put it sort of in the middle-ish of the season. So could you imagine sort of watching your 
the guess who's coming to Christmas. Then you watch this one, and it's like none of that. Not only does none of that seem to have meant anything, but um, it's now like spring, early summer, something like that. <sighs> okay. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I've, I've started this three times, and I keep going off on tangents. There's a stop, Dan. Stop. What makes it really weird is that, okay, you can use an old script. You can pull a script out of a drawer. Wasn't that like the final season of The Incredible Hulk? Kenneth Johnson's Incredible Hulk, Bill Bixby, and Lou Ferrigno. Wasn't like the last season, which was made up of like six or eight episodes, very specifically, like they were told, oh, you guys are going to get a full season. There are new executives there, but we're going to give you a full season. We just need you to do like six or eight episodes immediately. And they're like, we don't have scripts. And they said, you don't? We have scripts we've rejected in drawers. Use those. Okay. And so that's what the final season of Beverly Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, Incredible Hulk. Why did I say Beverly Hillbillies? And the Incredible Hulk is kind of made up out of? Well, probably because the last season of Beverly Hillbillies is really nuts. Um, So I I understand completely doing that with uh, an episode. You know, just saying like, okay, we've got this older episode that we didn't use. Now we're going to use them. Uh, and so they shoot it in tandem with the new episode or the the second season episodes. Why put Fonzie in that jacket? Why do that? And where's Wendy? Where's Marsha? Who's that other waitress? That's the thing that confuses me. I can see them using an old script, a script from a year ago. And everyone just being like, okay, this isn't quite how my character is, but who cares? No one's going to, you know, if we get canceled or something, no one's ever going to watch this again. It may just air once. I understand completely. But why the non-leather jacket? Why no Wendy? Uh, That just seems really weird to me. And I wish I knew the answer to that. Um, I do. I have nothing. I looked it up online hoping I'd... IMDb, uh, uh, Wikipedia, the Happy Days Wiki page, hoping I'd find someone mentioning that. No one does. They're more interested in the palm trees. I'm more interested on... Maybe this is. Like, if, if this was, say, Christmas of 57, maybe this is meant to be spring of 57 or something like that. I don't know. Anyway... That's the big thing about this episode for me. It's a good episode, I think. It's not a, not a great one, but but a decent one. And the the thing I love about it is that when sort of like the misunderstanding happens and Mr. and Mrs. C return early and they see the gals, it's done very funny. And it's never like there's a moment where Mr. C the gals leave and everyone waves to the gals and Mr. C is like, "All right, your your mother wants me to have a talk with you." And kind of says like well, you know, you didn't actually do anything wrong, but mm, tell me what happened. And as there's this this moment that I don't know if I, I don't know if it's just me if this is me being too 2019, but there's a bit where Potsy is so disappointed that he's not going to get it on with these gals that he's kind of grousing and just like sulking and and Richie says, "Well, you know what we do." I've got the perfect... We lie. You know, only only the Fonz and Ralph know that these gals are here. You know, Monday when we go into school, we lie. Or whenever, we lie. We tell them lies. 
you know, these gals don't live here. They're never going to be back here again. We tell them lies. And Pazzi's like, oh my gosh, that's almost as great as if we did do it. And I like, hey, and I don't know if that is, I mean, the laugh track goes. And um, there's something, I guess, satisfying about that. But I don't know whether that's like really, if this is, like I said, me in 2019 going, ooh, that's kind of sleazy. Isn't that kind of gross? That you're, like in the very, all the way, here again, first season, all the way, the very first regular episode is, is about a gal having lies spread about her, but she doesn't care. And, you know, I don't know, is that sleazy? Is that like in 1974 when people have gone, oh, Yucktown, USA. Oh, or, or, um, or am I just being too sensitive on it? Or, um, because I don't think I really would have, uh, have caught out, caught on it, uh, caught it, uh, spotted it when I was, when I was younger. And I don't think I spotted the last few times I was watching, but I, but I, I saw it now and I'm wondering like, hmm, what, what up? And, and there was the weird part where Ralph, where they're like all sitting at the diner at the table in Arnold's, and um, uh, Ralph uh, and Richie is saying, "Oh, and our dad, my mom and dad caught us," and da da da. And Ralph's like, "I don't want to hear all about that. Tell me about the quail." Okay, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't think I should. I, I don't think I should. Um, these were different times, and these were different times pretending to be said at even more different times so i'm i don't know that i'm gonna let that ride i brought it up and now i'm gonna move on to something else now i've mentioned that the Fonz is a bit weird in this one he and richie have a chat at the end of the episode about gals when they talk for some reason in this episode i thought the three um, women who stay the night, I thought they were like beauty pageant gals or something, but I think they're just three like 19-year-old college gals passing through and they call them like beauty pageant gals. I thought they could be, but the thing is like like one of them, they point out and the Fonz kind of mentions this too, sort of, here's Sorkin's own Bob Bruner and we have associate producer Michael Warner. Where'd Bill Idelson go? Joan Prather is Ruth, Colleen Camp is Rose, Cindy Cassell. Cindy Cassell? Seymour Cassell? I'm going to have to look that up. Um, she did kind of look like... Um, sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't... I don't, If that's Colleen Camp, I'd, sorry, again. Uh, so, so yeah, the, so the Fonz and Richie are having a discussion about gals. And, and Richie says something along the lines of, like, two of the gals were really pretty and built, and but had bad personalities. And one of the gals wasn't as pretty or built, but she had a great personality and, and uh, you know, Lafonso is like, yeah, I know. And Richie says, you know what kind of gal I like? Um, tell me. Uh, one who's who's got a great personality and is good, pretty. Is also built. And, and Fonz is like, yeah, no kidding. And, and Lafonso's description of his gal is 45, 22, 34 with her own Harley. And the thing I like about that is that 45, usually it's like 36, 22, 36, or 34, something like that. So 45, you know, that ain't Chesty Morgan, but that's larger in the boobular region than... Actually, I remember the Fonz, uh, 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 because the two main... Like, the Fonz goes out with a lot of, a lot of gals in the show, obviously. But the two sort of main ones are... Pinky and 
Linda Pearl, not Gloria's, uh, whatever her other character, uh, I forget her other character when she has the child played by Heather O'Rourke in season 10. That's the season-long romance. And I got to tell you, like Roz Kelly and Linda Pearl, I think 45 is a bit, uh, yeah, a bit, a bit, a bit much for for both of those gals. Especially, I just re just watched the Paul Lind Halloween special again, and uh, yeah, that no, no on Roz Kelly. That's not 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 uh, not saying that like a bad thing, but I'm just saying I like that he says that here. You know, we all have our dreams and things we'd like. But then, then sometimes when life comes in, you you suddenly realize that whoa, I'm so far from from what I had thought I wanted. So I think at this point, the Fonz is going out with so many gals, and like maybe every one out of every ten gals he hangs out with um, is that measurement. And he's like, oh, that one I really like. But in the end, he's sort of like, mm, eh, uh, 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 maybe qu- not quite. And there's a great line with um, the gal who could be Seymour Cassell's daughter. I don't know. The, the gal he takes in the bike ride um, where she says something to the other the other gals in Richie and Potsy. Um, yeah, we went out. We went here and there. And do you know that, that line about the submarine races? The Fonz used that on you? No, I used that on him. And it almost worked. I like that. Kazing. Uh, it's it's an interesting episode. You know, I'm sorry I, I, I got um, so caught up in the tangents on it, but it's just like the next episode is we're going to talk about is also going to be weird, but I think more straightforward. This, in stepping back in some ways, was a lot of fun. It was fun. As I was seeing that, I was reminded of the show the way it was in the first season of thinking that show is completely gone. Where we are now is similar, but as I said, it's more sitcom. And obviously when the third season starts, the show we're in now is going to be gone too. But I do like that in this episode, we get kind of, and I know how dumb this sounds in a Happy Days podcast, we get kind of, the first episode we get a blast from the past. And we're going to dive into, as it were, the future with the next episode so i think that's all you know i could talk more about open house there's a lot of fun stuff in it mr and mrs c have some fun arguing moments and there's a great bit with a plunger and Joni. um Joni doesn't have much to do which also makes me think it's a first season thing because they've been giving treating Joni better this season in this one she gets like a brief scene she gets two brief scenes the way she used to um back in the first season uh, but yeah, so let, let, let us, uh, I think I'm done right now. Um, and let us, uh, okay, let us hop right into Fonzie's Getting Married. We are going to January 14th, 1975. I'm going to play a little blast of something. I will meet you on the other side. Okay. Hi. It's us. Right, after you. Hey, uh, this is uh, Richie Cunningham. This is uh, Maureen Johnson, my fiance. This is his average family. Very nice to meet Glad you, Maureen. Glad to meet you. Mm-hmm. Would you like an average drink? Oh, oh uh, Maureen, don't drink. Oh, does she eat? Yeah, that's very good, Mr. C. Well, dinner is ready. Why don't we just sit down? All right. 
See, uh, Mr. C often amuses us with his wit, you know. Uh -huh. uh, you nervous? No, no, not just as long as I'm with you. Yeah, Maureen, you and Fonzie can sit oh. on this oh. side. All right. There you go, Maureen. This is C. Oh, thank you. Hey, thanks, Mr. C. Miss Johnson, haven't we met someplace before? Oh, no, I don't think so. Well, you look very familiar to me. Do you buy much hardware? I beg your pardon? Well, I, I have a hardware store. Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, somehow I just associate you with hardware. Oh, excuse me, I'll get the salad. <laughs> Where are you from, Marie? Oh, well, all over the place, but uh, lately Chicago. Oh, that's a great city. We hold our annual hardware convention in. Oh. Uh, 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 well, would you just excuse me for a minute? I gotta go help Marion with something. Don't get up, Fonzie. You see, Mr. C often helps Mrs. C. Not very often. And this is your average smart kid. <laughs> Marion, you remember the hardware convention last year in Chicago? No. What do you mean, no? Because you didn't take me. Oh, right. Well, you remember me telling you about it, huh? Yes, and I have already thanked you for not taking me. Yeah, well, there's one thing I'm sorry you missed. Your speech about pliers. No. no. The entertainment. It was Maureen. You told me that the only entertainment was a stripper. You mean Maureen was the stripper? <laughs> I'm positive. Oh, that's ridiculous. Look, Marion, she called herself the Lone Stripper. The Lone Stripper? Yes. She used to come out wearing this cowboy hat and, and these spurs and these six guns and all those cute little silver bullets. Well, if she wore a mask, then how do you know it was her? Because I have x-ray vision. She took the mask off. Holding things up. Joni's eating salt. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Here, take in the salad. It's mixed. Take in the bowls. All right. Pass the bowls, serve the salad. Pass the bowls, serve the salad. Serve from the left. Who cares? <laughs> Howard, you were always imagining that you recognize people. Yeah, but this time I can prove it, Marion, because the girl who stripped had a very distinctive laugh, like a seal. Like a seal? Yeah. <laughs> well, are you going to ask her to laugh? Well, of course I'm not going to ask her to laugh. I'm simply going to tell her one of my jokes, and then when she does laugh, I'll know if it's her. Well, what if she doesn't laugh? Don't be funny, Mary. <laughs> Mrs. Cedar's salad is excellent. Excellent. Really terrific. Oh, she makes a great salad. But you should really taste her soup. And speaking of soup... Speaking of soup, I heard a very funny story the other day. Why don't you tell it? I think I will. <laughs> well, you see, there was this drunk and uh, this old bum, and he came to this house and knocked on the door, and the lady of the house asked him what he wanted. He said he wanted something to eat, and the lady said, well, do you mind yesterday's soup? And the bum said, no, that'll be fine. And she said, good, come back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
January 14th, 1975, Fonzie's Getting Married. Directed by Jerry Paris, written by Lowell Gans and Mark Rothman. Another atypical episode. And like the previous one, Open House, it was Open House, right? I wanted to call it Rush Week. I have no idea why I, I wanted to call it Rush Week. Open House, I guess because they're kind of college gals, huh? Um, but Open House is is atypical, but it's they're both atypical because of where they are within the show, like I said previously. Right, uh, open House feels like it should have been in the first season. This feels like it should have been in the third season, although it's more low-key than when we hit the third season. And I know what you're saying, Dan. Tell us more. Okay. I would... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a bit of a story, but first I'm going to send you to a really well-written article on the Onion, the AV Club. Uh, Google Onion AV Club, or maybe just AV Club, and Google Happy Days. And you can... Uh, well, that should... that should t- it's the, the article is basically called like Happy Days, How It Became a Success by Selling Its Soul. And the article is about the transition from season one and two where it was this more low-key show, although, as we've been seeing in, in the past episodes, it's it's getting more sitcom... It is getting more sitcom than it was. You see the show go from this uh, single-camera laugh track, definitely more low-key show, to a very standard 70s, loud, raucous audience. Hey! Applause and everyone having to stand around and, and wait for the applause to die down before they can deliver their lines and and, and br- broader acting because um, you're no longer acting for a single camera like it's a movie. You're acting for multiple cameras and an audience even though it's being watched ostensibly by people on a small TV. I mean, isn't that always strange? Like, like the the most of this season of Happy Days will be shot as if it were a film that they're expecting people to watch on kind of a smallish or maybe slightly bigish screen, and uh, so they can get in there, they can get up close, they can get personal. But they're also they shoot this episode and they will shoot season three on and most of the other sitcoms at this time, apart from Mash. Off the top of my head was the only one I could think of. Uh, there are probably more, um, but uh, the, oh, there there are definitely more. Um, uh, but but Mash is, is the first one I thought of. But it's just funny that like they, they that the, the sitcoms are, are pitched as like these things with these people acting so broadly with these huge crowds laughing and and just cut in ways where you're you never really get intimate sort of in there because you can't because of the proscenium and the theatrical and the hoo ha and the doo da and the yeah so so. Go to the Onion Navy Club and read that article. Uh, the person who wrote that article did a really good job, did a lot of great research, more research than I have done for this, just simply because read the article. The The only thing is they their belief is that what Gary Marshall did with the show to make it a success, and yeah, baby, um, it's the show is going to be number one in a couple of seasons and then hover around two and three for a couple more seasons. So, yeah, that's that's big. That's really big, especially in this time, you know, um, when to get up to that point, you, you, require, you, you require a lot of viewers. 
So, um, and, and yeah, it's, it's an interesting article. He brings up some, some points I, I agree with, some points I don't. His thing about the Fonz now becoming a series of catchphrases and then becoming a caricature or parody or whatever. Um, eh, you know, we, we saw the, the Fonz was growing in stature within the show. And so to feature him more is not to me not an issue if this were in the middle of the first season it would have felt strange but he, he's featured heavily in this episode and he is playing it broader than he has been unless you reference the Christmas episode where he plays a lot of that pretty broad if you refer to open house in between them you could point at that and go look they really souped him up for Fonzie's getting married but no I think um I don't know. I, I, I think the thing, obviously, with the Fonz is there will be a lot of catchphrases. People will go nuts for him. And he'll become kind of like a superhero until he finally settles back down and becomes like um, just an advanced, sort of like an X-Man. Um, but in... And I've, I've said I said this before. I, like I said this this uh, with Joanna, I think I think that the Fonz could be the Doctor in his, her last incarnation from Doctor Who. Um, so... I don't mind the Fonz growing in stature like that because it all it's almost like if everyone else there is sort of like the control group, the Fonz is the one who kind of leaps ahead and just like goes ahead and like, I'm over here now. And everyone else is like, yeah, we're right here where everyone else is. And he's right there and he's jumping the sharks and he's awesome doing it. So, yeah, I mean, I could... The 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 Fonz, I, I, th- I think discussing the Fonz is, is, is a subject for another another thing just because he just because for the next 10 episodes we're going back to the second season template this one is a is a standalone they should so yeah so i have i even said what what the heck this episode is okay deep breaths the first season of happy days they said it's an atypical sitcom mash is the only other one i can sort of think um, that it's it's sort of similar to it's it's a it's a show made in the mid 70s but set in the 50s with a laugh track single camera as far as I know mash was single camera um and so so they're, they're very atypical shows but they're very different shows you know a uh, mash is you know war is hell and happy days is boy we're a bunch of white people having a great time and I never you know I I would never begrudge the Cunninghams for having a great time because they're nice white people but having said, okay, what rabbit hole did I go down there? I'm back out. So the story goes, and I tried to find where I heard this story, and I had some t- a tough time finding it. So if if this is a fairy tale, and I'm getting this wrong, we I will correct it in a later episode. But I believe it was Fred Silverman, who is one of those executives' names that you might know if you know your history of TV in the 70s. He got a job working at CBS. Some po- I, I don't know the, the time frame. At some point in 74. And he was told by CBS, who ran you know Norman Lear's biggest hits and kind of ruled the roost, he was told, happy days, it's a problem, get it out of here. So what he did was he took a show that premiered this, more or less the same time as Happy Days, Good Times, and put it up against Happy Days. Happy Days didn't move. Happy Days was in its spot Tuesday, 8 p.m., where I think it is 
did it start off there? I forget. It's there almost the entire run of the show. I'd have to check. But Tuesday, 8 p.m., that's Happy Days, 11, 10 and a half years. And they he put Good Times up against it. And Good Times and Happy Days were in the same spot when they started. Because of Jimmy J.J. Walker was like flying up the charts. And obviously, uh, Good Times is a spinoff of Maude, which is a spinoff of All in the Family. So these are shows that are at the top. Good Times in that season, this season, 74-75, was number 7 or 8. It's absolute height. Which means it demolished the shows it was up against, which would be Happy Days and Adam 12. And this was... Is this the last season of Adam 12 or the second to last season of Adam 12? I honestly don't remember. But this was near the end of Adam 12. Um, but, but yeah, Happy Days just like went from number 16 to flush the toilet. And what the, the story goes from that point, that the moment Happy Days began to go in the toilet, Fred Silverman got hired on by ABC. And the first thing he was told was save Happy Days. And he went to Gary Marshall, and they had the discussion. And Fred Silverman isn't mentioned in the AV Club article. At least I didn't see his name in there. Um, it could have been. I just scanned it again uh, today briefly. I was at my day job. I don't have a lot of time to sit and read uh, articles online. Um, but uh, so, so his suggestion, uh, him and Gary Marshall must, must have chatted about it. And the thing was, what you're doing here is like like mash is one thing, but you're kind of doing this low key nostalgic kind of thing. You need to you can keep that, but you need to make it resemble and feel like all the other sitcoms because that might save it. So they do Fonzie's getting married. I'd always thought Fonzie's getting married. I read somewhere, but I couldn't find it again. I don't know where all my information went. It's the internet. It should still be there. <clears throat> uh, but I had read that Fonzie's Getting Married was the last one that they shot of the season because they have to reconfigure the sets a bit. Um, they reconfigure the, the Cunningham's um, living room and kitchen, and there's no dining room area anymore um, in this new set in order to accommodate the... Um, multiple camera setup and Arnold's is more or less the same the Fonz gets to do his first sort of jukebox I think it's his first where he hits the jukebox but instead of it just stopping it goes it slows down it stops to get everyone's attention so that's what always makes me think maybe I think, believe I read it somewhere um I went online and I tried to see if I could find like production codes and the one spot I could find production codes was on the Happy Days wiki page but those production codes look suspect to me I mean, to, to me, I, I can sort of see it being that this would have been the last one in the season that they did, but then they uh, uh, like immediately showed it earlier on just to kind of test the waters. And apparently it worked because we get 10 more episodes in the first and second season style, and the third season will begin with Fonzie moves in and everything becoming different and the whole thing be changing and going crazy and this, that, and the other. 
Uh, is it good? Is it bad? Uh, I, lo- I love both versions of the show. I've really been enjoying going through the first and second seasons with, with you all. And I am excited to see it when it becomes a regular sitcom because you can see it happening here. I mean, here's the thing. This episode is co-written by, uh, by Lowell Gans, who with Bob, Bob Babalu Mandel would write some of the funniest um, comedies of the 80s. Vibes. I'm kidding, of course. Splash. Um, Gung Ho. Uh, City Slickers. That's the 90s. Um, uh, uh, Night Shift. Their their names were on a whole bunch of many Ron Howard related scripts in the eighties, and they were funny writers. So there are a lot of funny gags. I mean, that's the thing. At the end of the day, like when you watch a sitcom, what are you watching for? I've loved watching uh, these Happy Days episodes and talking about them with you all, uh, and they have made me laugh many times. And they've also um, been poignant and sweet. This one has some of that, um, but but you see, you see the things it gains and the things it loses. I think there are more jokes here than um, in previous episodes, and some of them are very 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 funny. The stag film bit is very funny. There's some funny stuff with Mister Mrs. C, although they do wander towards ham it up at times there are a few moments like mr c's reveal of oh i haven't even gone to the plot have i okay this was the thing about this is like the 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 first episode of season three fonzie moves in is going to be very important the last technically the last episode the finale passages is very important this one literally to me and and the only other sitcom i could think of that did this was another gary marshall related one the odd couple where during its first season it did a live in front of an audience thing episode just to because tony randall was insistent that no this needs to be in front of an audience and he was right no one here was specifically insisting that they just they just tried it to see if they could save it and they did and it became a huge success as i said uh, but but it is fun to watch them all together and it is fun to sort of know that you're watching them doing it th- almost theatrically. Now, the, the scenes are more or less being shot live and they're doing it live with like three or four film cameras. They're probably four, I would I would guess. I'm trying to think of I Love Lucy. I, I think that was that was four. Um, and uh, it's it's it is um, it's fun to watch. And like I said, there are some funny lines. Ron Howard... His line, um, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, when, when him and his dad are going to follow the Fonz to the strip joint where there are like six strippers or something. And then I haven't told you the story yet. Oh, boy. So, okay, here we go. Here's the, the premise. The Fonz announces he's getting married to a woman named Maureen. She's a sweet redhead. I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that Mrs. C and, and Richie are, are redheads. She goes to dinner. That the two at Fonzie and 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 Maureen go to dinner with uh, at the at the Cunninghams because Fonzie says you're the closest I have to a family, which I think bounces off of Guess Who's Coming to Christmas, which is lovely. So so denigrate the episode all you will, but it is following the continuity of the show. Whereas the previous episode, which would have have fit, you know, the first and second seasons are the best um, uh, fans thing. Um, doesn't quite fit that continuity uh and 
uh, and so they're having dinner, and Mr. C recognizes Maureen as being a stripper. The lone stripper, I believe is her name. She takes it all off. She wears a mask. She Who stripped in front of the hardware convention he went to in Chicago the previous year. They take a long time telling the Fonz. Eventually they do. The Fonz doesn't believe them, so they go down to the strip joint where the lone stripper is it's the lone stripper, right? Um, is is uh, stripping and check it out. One quick thing before I talk about the episode, and I've talked I've talked for for so long already, and I apologize. This this one is this one's a historical one, like uh, the Love American style, and like the very first episode. So my uh, effusiveness, I, I think, can be forgiven. I hope. Gary Marshall is the drummer at the burlesque show or the, the stripper show. And after it's all over, there's a guy sweeping off the um, uh, 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 runway for the strippers. And as he was sweeping it off, I thought, oh, look, it's old Clint Howard. I thought, wait a minute. Their dad, Rance, I believe? Um, like he co-produced Cotton Candy, the movie that Clint would be in, and, and 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 Ron would direct in a few years, the TV movie. And I thought, is that Rance Howard? That makes perfect sense. That Gary Marshall would have been there, and Ron Howard's dad would have been there. I don't know. I didn't look it up because that's a dream I'm not going to kill today. I like the fact that the two of them are right, there. and they sort of knew that okay, we're doing something here and kind of like bring in this support. I really like. How is the episode? The episode's funny. It's really funny. I think it's, a, it's, it's got a lot of great laughs and it. sometimes they go overboard. Um, the uh, Like I was going to mention earlier, um, I think it's at an act break where Mr. C kind of reveals who Maureen is to Richie and there's a moment that's such a 70s sitcom moment that's like, I don't know whether to laugh or just be embarrassed for everyone. And there are a few other moments where it's like they're over overdoing it a bit. Um, the closing scene when Maureen is revealed as a stripper and, and her and the Fonz are talking in the, in the strip club um, has that sort of sitcom thing where because it's multiple camera, we can't really get that close and we're staying on the same sort of axis the whole time so it's like what's one of the joys of the christmas episode we we're at the we're on the edge of the living room and then suddenly we're at the tree suddenly we're facing the window suddenly we're facing mrs c suddenly we're down by the fireplace we can't do that with the multiple camera simply because it's on the arch as it were the um the the you know it's 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 it, there's an audience watching it and we can't have cameras going behind people and everything like that so we're always a, at a bit of a distance during this big emotional scene at the end we're at a bit of a distance it works i think it works but it, at this point it does it doesn't work as well as if we had been able to get closer to them like we did um, I, I, they handle it well. Um, um, the actors who plays Maureen and, and, and Henry Winkler handle it, handle it real well, I think. But there is a great difference between this and being able to get in there 
when you just have a single camera on a set, no audience to worry about. Now, when I begin the third season discussions, this is not going to be something that I mention more than two or three times. And by the time we get to season six or seven, you will not even remember that I've said this because it won't be a part of the show anymore. After this, we have 10 more episodes, five more episodes of this show, this podcast, discussing 10 more episodes of Happy Days that are in that realm. And now that we've seen this episode, which is basically saying we're done with this, let's enjoy what we have left before the dam breaks, as it were, and everything is washed out and it's all everything old is is new again so i think i've talked enough about this episode sort of what what its importance is in the show uh it's not yeah it's it's not a groundbreaking episode you never believe that the Fonz is going to get married for one moment uh but it is just we we chose a topic where we can sort of bring the Fonz a little more forward. And we chose a topic that we think we can have fun with, and we're doing an episode like this. It's it's important because it is what it is within the show. And again, it is funny. Uh, Ralph has a bunch of great moments. Potsy has a bunch of great moments. Like I said, Ron, Ron Howard, has, has went, as they're stepping out to see the strippers, and has one of my all-time favorite lines that Richie delivers... Um, Mr. C, it's it's funny because Mr. C and the Fonz are kind of the leads in this, um, which is weird. You think Richie would be, but the Fonz is clearly kind of a lead. But but Mr. C is the one who kind of shoulders the the burden for a lot of the time. Of I know that she's a stripper, trying to figure out what's going on. Joni has a few sweet moments, um, not enough, but. Um, you know, if if you know the show, we're going to get a lot of Joni, and when we mix in the Joni loves Chachi, we're going to get a lot, a lot of Joni. So I don't mind starting off slow here. Um, no sign of um, Marsha or Wendy or or that woman in in the last episode. No sign of Gloria, obviously, who is gone, or Chuck, who is gone. I love that the Fawn shows up to the. Um, yeah, this this is very sitcommy too. I guess the way he 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 loves the Cunninghams, and he shows up and he wants to bring Maureen because they're an average family, and he keeps sort of saying how average they are, and he does this and that and the other thing, and oh, it's not an act break when Mister C does the seal voice. It's actually it fades to um, um, Fonzie's bachelor party where everyone gives him wrenches. Um, apart from apart from Richie, who gives him a, a silver um, exhaust kind of thing, it's funny. I was thinking, I don't know if the show is anticipating like Three's Company or something, but there's a lot of like naughty bathroom. There's a lot of like Ralph running around like, oh, who are you gonna marry? Like like Ralph and uh, Ralph, Richie, and Potsy are with the Fonz in the restroom in Arnold's, and Ralph's like, who is it? Is it? you know Lorraine and points at a uh, number on the wall is it this person is it that person you know Fonzie gives his list like what is it like um I don't even remember it's like uh the gals need to have a good sense of humor they need to have oh gosh um I I forget what all of them are because I actually I didn't forget what all of them are he he said he he starts to say six of them 
All right, I went back to the episode and I, I, I checked the list. In checking the list, I realized, is this the first episode that features Blueberry Hill? And why, for a DVD season, or a season that has been doo-wop, 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 bow, do we get, I found my thrill, on Blueberry Hill. Uh, yeah, okay, I can keep doing that. Um, good listener, good sense of humor, no mustache, high school diploma or equivalency, and untried, which means she's a virgin. And yeah, I, I guess, um, I, I guess if they're really talking to the Fonz and this is his list, I, I guess we're getting a little more. I don't want to say hardcore, but we're getting a little more into it than we had. You know, there's a Mr. C has a bit where he says there are gals who do and gals who don't. And a gal who gets completely naked in front of 400 hardware salesmen in, at a convention in Chicago is probably a gal who does. And there's and, and Fonz begins to say a sixth one, but he doesn't get to it. There's a great moment where um, the Fonz and Richie are chatting in... I, I, I like the Fonz and Richie being pals. Um, Fonz and Richie are chatting, and Potsy rushes in after he's been told to leave, but he has to, he has to pee. So he goes into the... the um, there, there's no urinal there. Uh, he goes into the the, the, uh, the toilet. And and it's great because uh, uh, the Fonz says, yells into Potsy, um, cover your ears, I don't, wanna, I don't want you to hear what I'm saying. And the, Potsy says, okay... And then Patsy comes out a minute later with his hands over his ears and runs out. And there's just a great moment where Richie and Fonz are... And it's it's something... I, I don't know if it's jejun or not, but I enjoy the hell out of it. Just this moment where um, Shirley loves Fonz. Whoa. Wait a minute. There's a heart on the wall that says Shirley loves Fonz. Was it Laverne who... Lo- I don't. That won't be till the next season. That's a whole nother thing. Um, sure, keep that in mind. Shirley loves Fonz on the wall. So and and, and, and so Potsy runs out. And he's got his hands over his ears, and they both look at each other like, "How did he?" With his hands, and Richie's like maybe use his foot and raises his leg, and that's great. So there's a lot of fun stuff there, and there's the double entendres with the stripper and the, and the stuff and the. All kinds of things. So it's it's kind of a wonderfully naughty episode, um, and Joni looks cute. She's in her 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 uh, red blouse and dress, and Mrs. C looks great, and uh, so many redheads in the scene, and and the Fonz is there in his leather jacket and jeans, and um, and his tie. I guess, I guess this is like like after the Christmas episode, where when he's in his apartment, they have to have the motorcycle in there to justify the leather jacket. But then they can justify it when they get to his house because he's been working outside and then he's come back in during a blizzard. And then the last episode, he's in his non-leather jacket. But in this one, he's at his leather jacket at the table. And there's some great stuff he does where like he's being very deferential to Mrs. C. Whenever she gets up, she he stands up. And then Mr. C and Richie look at each other and they stand up too. And it's um, it's it's a funny episode that is very different from the other episodes. And if it had been a one-off, it would have been a sort of charming, like, thing. Um, 
now I don't I I, I will say this uh, the 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 um, the door going from the new living room to the new kitchen area is like a swinging door. Did they have those in the fifties? I would have thought it would have just been a regular door or something. I don't know, though. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, Tom Bosley, I love him to pieces, and he's got some great great moments in this, but. I don't know Tom Bosley's history with sitcoms acting in front of live audiences, but he's the one who really goes overboard. Mrs. C is fine. Joni's awesome. Uh, Richie and the Fonz and everyone else. Is, Ralph has some very funny moments. Patsy has some very funny moments. Yellowstone Park! But Mr. C has a few wow moments where you almost... He, 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 he kind of acts like maybe it's his sitcom. I guess wouldn't that be the way you do it? Let's let's all try to act like it's our sitcom, you know? That we're a team, we're here together, but if we all act like it's our sitcom, then hopefully it will kick ass. And I think this episode works. I well, no, I know this episode works. Does it work in the context of where we are in Happy Days now? Nah, I don't think so. It's 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 too overdone and it's too broad. Uh, but it's funny and it moves quickly. That's one of the things you'll find when we get to the in front of the audience episodes. And I don't know if it's all the time spent hearing people laughing where everyone has to stand around, but the stories seem to move quicker. That's good, that's bad, that's that's whatever. That's what it is. So yeah, this is a this is a very important episode because this is the signpost, this is the sneak preview for what the show will be in season three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and the spinoff, uh, Joni Loves Chachi. And I know, obviously, Laverne Shirley and Mark and Mindy and Out of the Blue and and some somewhat Blansky's Beauty is a spinoff too, but those are other things. Joni Loves Chachi is directly tied in with Happy Days, so. We got a lot of happy days to do. And I think they do a nice job of reconfiguring everything. Jerry Paris shoots it well. Uh, like I said, he, he can't get... Um, everything's played broader, so it works. And, uh, yeah. And and I did not spot... I mean, you see the edges of the chairs and things in the booth and, and Arnold's, as always... Uh, and, and you do sort of see a little bit more wall behind Richie and Joni where they're sitting at the dining room table or the living room table, I guess, than I would imagine. But it ain't it, it ain't bad. It ain't bad. It works. And the episode is... Um, yeah, the episode is funny and the episode portends what we will see next. So I guess I'll wrap this up here. Thank you everyone so much for listening. This was it's a strange episode. Strange two episodes. Ouch, this show in a row. Sorry, I just hit my foot against my desk. Uh strange two episodes to show in a row right after uh, the Christmas episode, which the Christmas episode seems to advance the storylines of the characters so far. Um this one uh, uh, solidifies that but doesn't advance it anymore it's kind of a throwaway plot because you know it's not going to happen I mean the thing at the end of the day is when the Fonzie finds out she's a stripper they actually give the Fonz an out because he doesn't say okay yeah I'm out of here he basically says I still love her but she says you know what I don't really want to settle down to be a housewife now I don't know if that's what he had planned I know 
he's going to kind of get half engaged to Pinky Duscadero in a season and a half. So, but yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. I don't know if that's a cop out or not that they don't have to actually have the Fonz say, "You're a stripper. I know what you've been up to. I'm out of here." Even even if well, part of it is the lie that that she said she worked in a library. And but we never learn. Maybe she still is a virgin. They they don't actually say it. It's an interesting ending because it's kind of a cop out that they do that. Um, and, but that in in this this episode is an experiment. So I don't begrudge it doing that. It's trying. You know, if if you're, you know, if if you're in a band and you're using an instrument that you've never used before on a song, don't use your best song for the instrument use a good song but don't use your best because if the instrument blows it's going to ruin the song you know i i I don't i don't know if that that fully (laughs) means anything you know i guess i guess it's like too like if you have a new way to do an effect or something um don't use it on your best whatever your best scene your best episode your best moment um because if it doesn't work then you're ruining a great moment this is an average plotted episode that is very funny and that's fun to watch is very different is a whole new world yeah things are going to change keep your eye on the fonz and maybe mr c2 but definitely keep your eye on the fonz so thank you so much everyone for listening and i'd love to hear what anyone thinks like not only of what what the these two episodes but um the the ending the way they deal with the ending so um my email is danny slacks d-a-n-n-y-s-l-a-c-k-s at yahoo.com you can also go on to uh eventually super train at blogspot.com or at Train one or just eventually super train on facebook and check check it out it's an it's, it's interesting because for the next 10 episodes for the next five episodes of this show 10 episodes of happy days like i said we're going to be back where we were but this episode is always going to be looming over it because this is what we are going to become i talked a little over long on this one but i'm going to give myself a pass on this i tried to keep the episodes under an hour but there are going to be at times when that ain't happening jack thank you for listening and uh next time i don't even know what we have next time does it matter what we have next time i'm gonna look let's see what what do we got next time uh, oh, yeah. The Cunningham Caper and the Not Making of the President. All right. Thank you so much for listening. That's me closing the DVD case up. Until next time, keep on rocking and a. Monday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes, my cycle hums. Sky, hello blue. There's nothing can hold me when I hold you. You're so right, you can't be wrong. Rocking and rolling all week long.